Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She nearly drowned in middle school and has never been able to swim since. Dr. Grace Lee. I was in fifth grade. Uh, yes, I guess some, some countries in some countries that's fifth grade is middle school, but I was in fifth grade when it happened. It was a part of gym class where the school curriculum decided to include swimming as part of gym class. And at the time, there wasn't a swimming pool in the near vicinity of my school. So we all had to board one of those yellow school buses and we had to drive about, you know, 10 miles in to, to, the, to the area where we would access the swimming center. Right? And that was where our gym teacher was going to teach us swimming. So here I was, I was, you know, you, you just get ready and you're just kind of like, I'm, I have no idea what to do. So I'm just watching my peers, watching my, you know, the other girls in, in what, how they prepare. And I'm just like copying them. So then by the time, you know, you, you prepare, you go out into the swimming pool and there I was standing there and I was just shivering. It was so cold. I remember I was so cold and I saw people jumping in, just jumping into the pool and it looked really easy. And of course, when you've never done this before, you just don't have the knowledge to figure out consequences, right? And so I jumped in and I jumped in and I nearly drowned. And I just remember being under the water and panicking and trying to, I was flailing my arms, arms and like, I have no idea. I have no idea how to swim. Don't, don't even know how to float. And I, and, and I was panicking and it was like, how come I'm not floating? I, I'm not floating. And, and I remember swallowing so much water and I couldn't see because I was like trying to open my eyes. But at the same time, my head was bobbing up and down along the surface of water. And of course, I just couldn't see anything. And fortunately, I had a friend who was swimming by who had like orange hair. And I happened to get a glimpse of something orange on my peripheral vision. And I reached out and I grabbed it and I grabbed and it was her hair that I grabbed, pulled myself up and she saw that I needed some help. So she helped me of the pool. I remember as I was getting up, I was just coughing and coughing. And it was a very traumatic experience. My heart was just racing. And at that time, there wasn't a there wasn't a guard on site, uh, because it was like a gym class. And my teacher didn't happen to see what was happening. But for the rest of that gym class, I was so I was too afraid to get back in. But by that time, my teacher knew what happened. I explained everything. And, and of course, my friend was like, well, she pulled my hair. It's so, so painful. And so she was she had she witnessed it as well. And, and I told them what had happened and that I was unwilling to get back into the pool. But it wasn't it just it didn't just stop there. I mean, from that point, on, I was just too traumatized to even try to start swimming. And I didn't even know the term aquaphobia until much later, you know, into my early adulthood. And I didn't know that term. But uh, that's what exactly what happened. And so most of my middle school, you know, during during gym class, when it was swimming, it was like I spent a lot of time drumming up excuses not to be able to participate. <laughs> and to this day, I know I, I know that you know, I know like intellectually, I know that learning how to swim uh, is, an, is, is a useful skill to have. 
not just for fun, you know, when you go to the beach or anything like that, but it's also because in the event that you need to help someone, it's, it's a very useful skill to have. I just never got around. I never got back to it. I have to say that my aquaphobia is not as bad as it used to be, but I haven't completely overcome it yet. Right. So that is story, another story of, um, of my journey. But today I wouldn't, I didn't want to talk about my childhood. I didn't want to talk about my elementary school years. What I want to talk to you about is career advice. I know that you're seeking it. I know that it is desirable. And I know that you might be thinking that you are just one advice away from getting to that next level of your career. One advice away. I just need to find that one piece of advice, right? But what is advice anyway? Like, I, I thought to myself, you know, I, I, I get one thing that I get asked very, very often is, do you have some advice for me? Or any advice would be appreciated, you know, however they phrase it. But the effect is still the same. They're asking for advice. And so over time being asked this, and it's always career-related advice or professional-related advice, I thought, kind of thought to myself, well, what is, what is advice and what is it supposed to be? Because if I'm in the position where people are asking me for advice, I want to make sure that I could provide something that is ethical, something that is well thought out and insightful, and something that ensures that person that I'm giving advice to will take from it and be able to have a better outcome than before my advice, right? So I feel like I have that duty, that responsibility to do well for the person who's asking. So I want to seek out, okay, what is advice? So the definition of advice is like guidance or recommendation that is offered to help with a prudent future action. So this is important. It's guidance, yes. So advice is synonymous with guidance, but it's supposed to help guide a prudent future action. The key word here is prudent. The key word, so when as an advisor, as an advice giver, it's important to keep in mind that that person is going to take action based on what you've told him or her, right? So the best way to give advice is from the mindset is and from the responsibility that you want prudency. You want them to be able to make a better decision than they would have otherwise, right? So the word advice comes from the French word avis, which means to see. Right, so this is original sense of advice, the word advice, which meant a way of looking at something. Right, So it's a way of looking at something. And that's the, exactly it. That's the thing. It's just one way. It's a way of looking at something. It's the person's opinion of the way to look at it. It's the person's opinion. But there are many. There are many opinions that could exist out there. There are, are many different ways of looking at the same thing. But when we receive advice, it's so easy to accept it as the way, right? And this tends to be more true the more dire the current situation, right? So the, if, if you're in a situation where your career is feeling kind of dire, right? Maybe you are living paycheck to paycheck, to paycheck. Maybe you are in between jobs right now and you only have one month of savings left, like that kind of direness, then it tends to be ripe grounds, right? Fertile grounds to accept advice as the way, right? Whenever you receive it. So a couple of years ago, I think this was like in 2017, 
I was spending, I spent a month in Hong Kong and on the, on Hong Kong Island, there is this hiking, you know, hiking uh, route. And so this is my first time going to this hiking route. And I was going there with um, a couple of friends and one of them was an expat and she was, I forgot which country she was from, but it was like in Latin America. She was visiting Hong Kong for work. And so we were, I met her for the first time. And so we were hiking, we were just chatting, right? And then she told me that she was celebrating because this was her anniversary of having quit smoking. Right. So I started to talk to her about that. And I was like, well, how long have you been smoking? You know, how did you quit? And she was so happy and grateful that she made the decision to quit smoking after so many years. Right. So then I asked her, well, how did you get started? Like, when did you start? And it was a really long time. She's smoking for decades and she regrets it because after decades of smoking she notices and she feels that her lungs aren't quite there you know it's not that she she doesn't have asthma but she has difficulty breathing you know she has that cough and so she has to be careful when she's doing cardiovascular exercises or activities right and so she told me that when she first started smoking it was back in her teenage or early 20 like around that age anyway and she was hanging out with some friends and she was trying to figure out stuff out in her life and in her career and her friends gave her advice that it would be good for her to start smoking right and the advice was like it'd be good for her socially in the sense of looking cool and being accepted by people she needed to be accepted or she felt like she needed to be accepted by and they gave her advice that it would be good for her emotionally you know like feeling cool and that when you smoke you have this you had this higher metabolism, you have more energy, like that type of advice, right? And so she took the advice. And it was interesting because the way that she spoke about it was that she took the advice from her friends, not because, it wasn't because her friends were trustworthy, that that didn't cross her mind, or, or if it was because her friends were her closest friends. It wasn't like that at all. She took the advice because she would have just wanted anything, any advice, right? So that caught me thinking. In my own life, it was true as well. I mean, back then when I was in a desperate phase or in a phase where I would have felt this is quite dire, something needs to change, it needs to change now. Any advice that someone would have offered, I would have taken and accepted. And more likely and more often without thinking it through, I would have just thought this is the way that person knows something, they know more than me, they give me advice, I would have just taken it, right? So the title of this episode is why bad career advice is keeping you stuck, right? And here's the thing, who are the first people that you take advice from, right? We seek advice from friends and family, friends and family, you know, people that we know, people that we trust and people that we like, right? And they're well-intentioned, they are well-intentioned because they're your friends and family for a reason. They care about you. The problem here is that they're more likely to give you bad advice because they are your parents. <laughs> so say you're asking for advice from parents or, or an uncle or an aunt, right? They're more likely to give you bad advice because they are your parents, the position they're in. And they actually believe, they genuinely believe that they're protecting you from failure. So for example... If you are going to make a decision to leave your corporate job, say your corporate job is paying you an, an okay salary, not the best, but okay salary, but you are just miserable there. 
and you are thinking about changing careers, changing, um, changing an industry or changing the company and you ask for advice that this is something you should do and you ask for advice from your parents, your parents are likely to tell you, for example, they're likely to tell you, why are you wanting to quit? You have a comfortable job right now. The economy is not good right now. We don't want you to see you without a job. Don't do that. It's going to be too painful. It's going to be, it's going to have negative consequences on your finances. What's wrong with what you got now? Just be grateful for it. We had to work really hard back then. It was so hard to find a job. It's probably even harder right now. What if you don't find anything? Just stay with the job. Be grateful for it. And be grateful that you have money coming in to pay the bills, etc., etc. So now, now, of course, that, that may not be the exact script they use. But listen to the intent behind it. The intent is that they want to protect you. They want to shield you from failure. They want to protect you from pain or suffering. Right? So the advice is bad advice. Because if you take it, it means you stay in that miserable job. It means you're not working to your fullest potential. It means that at the end of your life, you kind of, you might question, well, did I live to my fullest? Did I live authentically? Did what I do matter? You might have those questions. And it came down to because you accepted that advice, right? So when you seek advice from well-intentioned families, friends and family, that might happen. For example, or, or here's another example, maybe you seeking career advice from your spouse, but your spouse could be afraid that a, a career change will negatively impact your relationship, right? Maybe it means that you might be spending less time at home. Maybe it means that you will be too tired at the end of the day to spend time or to, or to share in the household activities or the chores. So their advice is going to come from that place of insecurity. Their advice is going to come from that place of uncertainty and fear. But they're well-intentioned though. That's a difference. They're well-intentioned. They care about you and they care about the marriage. They care about the relationship, right? But that what they don't realize is that it's coming from that other place. So here's another example. Say you're now, okay, I talked about friends, but say you're seeking career advice from family. All right, sorry, from, from friends, right? And it's coworker. Right, so you're seeking advice from a coworker, but it's possible that that coworker is afraid that you might get ahead of him or her. Right, they're threatened by a potential that you might take up a promotion that they actually want and you're competing for the same journey or you're competing for the same spot that might open up. Right, so that could be a dynamic involved in that as well. Right, or a friend that you seek advice from who's afraid of losing you. The good old times of hanging out, of binging Netflix, of just traveling places of being footloose and fancy free carefree right they're afraid of losing you so all these individuals friends and family are well-intentioned right most people genuinely feel they're protecting you or saving you when in fact their advice feeds your inside villain right it creates that doubt inside of you it lowers your confidence and it keeps you at the status quo right? They're telling you, why, why resign? Don't quit your job. It's awesome. I would have killed for a job like that. You know, so it's keeping you at the status quo. It's not their intention because they do intend to protect you. They, they, they love you. They care for you. They, they feel like this is the best advice. They're doing what they, they're doing the best they can to give you advice. So it's not their intention, but it's the effect, right? So be careful, 
who you seek career advice from, right? And sometimes it's just that people don't know how to give advice. Like, for example, when I was in undergrad, my bachelor's of science, during my first year there, I mean, the only friends I had in my life at that time were the friends who were in the same boat. Only, only friends in my life during my undergrad were friends I met in my programs at school, in the classroom, and they be- we became friends. Outside of the, that classroom, I didn't have any other friends. Right? Those were the first people because I was an, an, an international student. I didn't know anyone else in that, in, that, in that city, right? So all of us are in the same boat. And in undergrad, you have to choose your major by the second year. So who we are in our first year, just trying to pass our courses, just trying to, just trying to become familiar with the, with the academic system, with university, with life in general. We're just trying to get familiar with that. And, and me, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to find myself, right? Because I have no idea who I am. I don't, I didn't discover my voice yet. So I'm like, all these things are going on at the same time. So then second year comes along and we are expected to declare our major. And of course, I asked my friends for advice. And they told me, well, I think you should just go into biochemistry. Well, first of all, it's because they were doing it, right? They chose to major in biochemistry. And they said that it would give you it, it, it gives you the best foundation in case you wanted to go to medical school, right? Because it was, there was all the different sciences involved in it and it was challenging, you know, so it gives you the best reputation if you do well in biochemistry because it is considered a hard, difficult major. And so they advised me to do it and I did it. And that's the major I chose. I chose the major in biochemistry and that's how I chose. It was based on advice from friends. So was it good advice? Yes and no, Right. But the thing is, they don't know how to give advice because we're all in the same boat. <laughs> you see, we're all, you know, 18, 19. Some of them were 19, some were 18. So we're all that age. We all are trying to figure stuff out. We all have the same amount of years of life experience. So that's what I mean. They, don't, they just don't know how to give advice because we're, we're, in, the same, we're in the same lens, right? And they couldn't possibly have thought about all the nuances of what needs to go into insightful advice, right? So take the time to filter all the advice that you're hearing, whether or not the advice is solicited by you or unsolicited, right? And see if that person sharing the advice is qualified. And when I say qualified, I mean, it's, it's a couple of key things here. You want to seek advice from, of course, people who are well-intentioned, but most people are. Right? Very rarely are you going to encounter someone who really wants to see you fail, you know, who wants to really screw you over. That's a really rare occurrence, right? So that's not going to be a problem, right? So finding someone who's well-intentioned, but also someone who has the fruits, who's developed results in their life, and they're the results that you want in your career, right? So it's easy to figure out who those mentors could possibly be could possibly be just look at the fruit in their life look at the results they have in their career is that something you desire for yourself if it is then then they're qualified to give you advice right if they have had the successes you to do that you desire or if they've done something it could be a particular thing and they've done it before and they've done it successfully then they're qualified to give you advice on that one thing and that's the thing here the definition of advice is an opinion So even if they are qualified, even though they are qualified and they give you advice and you were wise in seeking that person to give you advice because they would know exactly how to tell you, the thing is, 
for you to realize that it is still just their opinion, right? It is advice, it is guidance and recommendation based on some, based on what you desire, and hopefully to give you to help you to take prudent future action. But it is still their opinion, right? As a mentor, they're giving you advice, and what a mentor means is that they're just telling you they can just tell you from their lens what they did to get that success. But what they did doesn't mean that it's a plug and play. You go and plug it in, plug and play it in your life, and then you get the exact same result. No, it's not necessarily true because what they, their environment is going to be completely different from yours. Maybe they have, they're starting from a different baseline. They have a different resources available, right? They have different competencies and all of that creates the results that they have. And the same is true with you. So it's good to seek advice, but make sure that it is someone who is qualified and even after they give you advice to put your lens on it and put your filters on it to see which whether or not that that is the best decision for you in so the so the thing to keep in mind is that you want to take prudent future action to get the things that you desire in your career so if you want advice on changing career directions to be doing work that you enjoy get advice from someone who's done that not from a friend who either hates his or her career or someone who is numb with apathy about work right and it, and it makes sense right so if you enjoyed this content and you found it helpful i invite you to give me your honest review on itunes if you don't use apple not a problem at all just go and visit careerrevisionist.com and choose your favorite platform and if you have any questions as well, I'm happy to look at those. Just put them in with your comments and I'm happy to address questions. Sometimes I answer, I pick questions from my listeners and I answer them right here on an episode. So thanks for listening once again to another episode of Career Revisionist. And I look forward to hanging out with you again.